not for the mercies of the Lord we'd have done been consumed. But His mercies are new to us every morning. His mercy don't run out. His grace don't run out. But they're new every morning. Father, we your children are gathered in a very special moment in time. Lord, we're gathered in the presence of Jehovah. The God that is our healer. The God that is our way maker. The God that brings joy to our heart. The joy, the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We are in the presence of a God that drives away sorrow and sight. And you promised us that joy would be upon our lives. Oh God, we love you tonight with all of our hearts, all of our soul. Lord, we pray that you'd have your way in this service. Lord, I pray that you would bridle my tongue, that I might not say anything that would displease you or hurt your children. But I pray that you would only say that would up, that would upbuild and lift up your children. Lord, as the prophet would say, we would not come here to build denominations, but we come here to build individuals to be powerhouses. Oh God, I pray that you'd send that inspiration of the Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost and rush through this place and change lives and touch hearts tonight. Meet needs. We ask all these things and say all these things in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of the Lord. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, I'm going to turn over to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 and verse 12. 2 Timothy 1 and 12. I'd like to say I'm very thankful to have my mother-in-law here with me this weekend and, and always count it a very special honor to have her amongst us. I think the world of my mother-in-law, I, I know that some... Some men make jokes about their mother-in-laws and not having good mother-in-laws, and I know some people don't have good mother-in-laws, but God give me the best mother-in-law that I could ever ask for, and I'm certainly privileged to call her my family, and uh, she didn't know when I was asking her for Katie's hand in marriage that I'd be taking her all over the world preaching this gospel. She didn't expect that I'd be preaching this, but I, I do know this, that if I go anywhere to preach or take my family, I know that... She's at her home praying for me, and I'm thankful to have a, a mother-in-law like that. And uh, we want to just just commit this service to the Lord tonight. We want to be remembering our pastor, that God would strengthen him and giving him his voice back. I know he was struggling, but God did supernatural things in those meetings there. And if you have not, I would... I would I would admonish you to go and listen to those meetings. I know that it would do your heart great, great joy tonight and bring you a, just a, a real blessing from the Lord. I know that they are well pleased with the meetings and the turnout there. But And we know that God's here tonight to do something special. Amen. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, and we'd like to continue this thought by the help of the Lord on never ashamed. I hope you're not growing weary of this thought. I got ten with me tonight, so I'll preach to you ten. But I hope you're not growing weary of it tonight. 
because the more I study this thought out, the more he seems to open up to us. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I hath believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. May God bless his word. You may be seated this evening. Psalms 31 and 1, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, thy namesake, lead me and guide me. Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Psalms 25 and 2, O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Can that be your testimony this evening? Let me not be ashamed. How many wants that to be your testimony tonight? Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee Be ashamed. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Psalms 25 and 20. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed for I put my trust in thee. Tonight I want you to know that if you've got your trust in God, you've got nothing to be ashamed of. I want you to know if you've got your trust in man, you got something to be ashamed of. If you got your trust in the stock market, you got something to be embarrassed about. If you got your trust in the presidents or the governors or, or the politics of the day, you got something to be ashamed about. But if you got your trust in Almighty God, you got nothing to be ashamed about. And the people of God should say, Let us never be ashamed of Him. He was not ashamed of me, and I will not be ashamed of Him. We could go over in the book of Ruth and we could read there throughout the whole entirety of that Bible there, that that scripture reading. We would read of of a woman by the name of Ruth that would be a type of the bride of Jesus Christ coming out of the country of Moab. She was a Moabitess that that she was coming out of a country that was of pagan worship. And when, when, her, when her husband had died and her brother-in-law had died and her father and her father had died, her husband and brother-in-law, all of them had died and Naomi was going back, she was going back to her, her homeland and, and she was taking her two daughters back with her and, and they were making a travel out and she turned around to them and said, don't, don't follow me here, I, I'm too old to have a son that you, could, that you could take on to be your own, that would be your husband, go back to the land where you came from and Orpah turned, kissed her and and went back to the land of Moab but Ruth said to Naomi she said I where you go I will go your God will be my God your people will be my people And she made this journey and as she's making this journey out of Moab into the land of Judah and Israel where where she was going to a place in which it was a case that would look impossible for Ruth to be accepted in the community of the Israelites. It looked like it would be a case where it would be impossible for her to fit in in the crowd of the message people. Are you with me tonight? 
it would look like a case that, that could not be fixed because there was so much debt that was stacked up against Naomi and Ruth. It was a case that was impossible that everybody was looking upon this case of Ruth and Naomi. They were looking at a case in the natural sense, but they didn't realize that there was a type of Christ that was standing there in that country. Little did the community know that there was a kinsman in that in that moment and waiting for an opportunity when he would step up and redeem Naomi estate and when Boaz seen Ruth in that condition in a condition of embarrassment in a condition uh, a condition of shameness and sorrow Boaz fell in love with Ruth he fell in love with Ruth and he told his manservants that were out in the field now you lay handfuls of purpose for her that she may gather and he went to Ruth and he told her you stay in this field you stay right here don't you go and glean in nobody else's field don't go over here to the denominations you stay right here in this field for in this field is a place there's enough here that'll feed you there's enough here that'll sustain you there's enough here that'll take care of you there's enough here that'll give you a body change there's enough here that'll rapture your soul there's enough here to wipe away your sin you stay in this field Ruth you stay right here and you go over in the book of Ruth chapter 3 and you see when Naomi is giving instruction to Ruth to go down when they are winnowing out the wheat and you find when Boaz is down there and he's at the threshing floor and they come down to this moment and at that night she went down to when he was winnowing the wheat that night at the garner at the barn Boaz laid down and when he laid down Ruth Notice this, not ashamed to dispose herself to this man. You see, Naomi had told her to mark the place where he laid down. Consider this place, mark it out, that this is a place that he lays down. But Ruth was not ashamed to destroy her, her, her character to be identified with Boaz. She was not ashamed to dispose herself to this man as the real true born again church tonight is not ashamed to dispose herself to the Holy Ghost call of God. Is that right? Went right down into the barn with this man giving him trust. Every man that comes to Christ must, must forsake everything on both sides and must put his full faith in the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what your mother says. No matter what your daddy says, what this one says, or what mama says, or what anybody else says, you trust Christ. You trust Christ and don't you be ashamed of it. Don't you be afraid. You trust Christ. She walked in and when she found out that she give that trust, he throwed his robe around her. And the Holy Ghost course to cover with his own robe, he said, now you go on. You, you, you go on when daylight comes. I've got to do the work of a kinsman before I can receive you. Can I say it to you like this? That early on Easter morning, when the S-O-N began to rise, me and you was identified with him when he rose up from the grave. When everybody thought that there was no way that he'd come up, here he came and you and I came with him. I was in him when he was hanging on the cross. 
If you believe that you're the body of Jesus Christ tonight, and I'll ask for class participation. If you believe that you are the body of Jesus Christ, you better believe that you was in him when he was hanging on that cross. You better believe that you was in him when he went to a devil's hell. You better believe that you were in him when he, when he was laying there in a tomb. And if you believe that, you can believe that you were in him when he rose up early on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. I tell you, church, this sun is up. You see, the kinsman was not ashamed to do the work of a kinsman. Here, Boaz was not ashamed to do the work for Ruth. He was willing, he was willing to make a public testimony. When he went down there, they had an order in which they would do things. And when he went there before the elders, when they walked in, he said, I've got something to say to you. I am here to redeem Naomi's estate. But there was a nearer kinsman than Boaz. There was Satan standing there. But Satan could not touch you. Satan ain't got a right to lay his hands on God's property. You see, this Redeemer had to be financially able, financially able to pay for this estate. Whoa, hallelujah. He had to be financially able to pay for this estate. And Boaz was financially able to pay for Naomi and pay for Ruth's estate. You see, when Christ paid for you, he paid, when he paid for the Jewish community, he paid for you and I. Woo, hallelujah. He had to be financially able. How about our God tonight is, was he financially able when he's a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills? He's a God that owns the universe. He's a God that owns the spaces and time and everything else in the world. I'd say that he was financially able. I want you to consider your worth right now. Consider your worth that the God that owns everything was willing to lay it all down for you. Let the devil tell you that you ain't worth, that you're worthless. Let him tell you that. God says different. God thought so much of you that he condescended down and took on the robe of humanity. But when he took on that robe of humanity, you see Boaz when he went down there and made a public testimony. He took, he took off his shoe and he kicked his shoe showing that he was willing to do the work. And Christ clicked, clicked, he cut off and he, and he kicked off the robes of his righteousness and took on humanity for you and me. He thought you was worth the pain. He thought of going through the agony was worth it for you. Now another thing that a shame means, that, a, that another thing that being ashamed does, it shows you that you're not sure what you're talking about. If you know what you're talking about and have the assurance that you know what you're talking about, you can tell anybody. Can I get a witness here tonight? Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness here tonight? You see, if, you, if you're ashamed, it shows you don't know what you're talking about. 
But if you are not ashamed, if you're not ashamed, it shows you know what you're talking about. Can I get a witness tonight? That you have the assurance that you know what you're talking about. And you can tell anybody. Come on somebody, I'm gonna preach right down on your address tonight. If you're too good to tell your boss about it, if you're too ashamed to tell your coworker about it, you're ashamed then. But if you know in whom you have believed and you are persuaded that he's able to take care of you, you will not be ashamed to testify of the power of a living God. There's a boy that's not ashamed. He got up and sang it tonight. It feels like fire shut up in my bones. Let me tell you, you set somebody afire, they'll run all over the building. They'll run all over the place when you set somebody afire. There's a fire started here that we're not capable of putting out tonight. There's not, a, there's not enough, there's not enough, uh, what are you calling things, hydrants to put them out here. There's not enough wet blankets here to put them out. There's not enough water in our well to put this fire out. That fire that's burning on the inside of this church is a holy fire. You see, when a man meets God, he's not ashamed about it. He's not unsure about it because he was the one that met God. Sister Julia, you're not ashamed to testify of what God did for you because you're sure that he did it. Brother Jeremy, when you first come here, nobody would have thought that you would have been a pillar at Full Gospel Lighthouse. But God was not ashamed of you. God seen you before the world began that you would be in this church and be a pillar at this church. He knew that you would not be ashamed. He knew that you would stand behind this gospel with all of your heart. And Brother Jeremy's not ashamed to testify about it. He's not ashamed to tell his mom about it. He's not ashamed to tell his family about it. He's not ashamed. I wonder, is there anybody else in the building that's not ashamed to testify of the grace of Almighty God? Hallelujah. That means you met God. That means you're sure. That means you ain't embarrassed about it. We got some witnesses here tonight that God still saves, that God still feels, that God still delivers. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Hallelujah. We know who we are and we know we in whom we have believed. When Sister Katie was walking down the aisle on July the 20th of 2007, when she was walking down the aisle, she wasn't just coming to get my name. When she married me, she didn't just get the name Spencer. She got me. And when you are baptized by the Holy Ghost, you don't just take on his name, you get him. 
He said they never leave you. That he never forsake you. He'd be with you even unto the end of the world. If the queen of England is not ashamed to act like a queen, how about the queen of heaven? We should never be ashamed of our kingdom and to us to act like a queen of heaven. Woo! Look at Moses. After his burning bush experience, he was not ashamed to go down to Egypt and proclaim that God is coming down to deliver his children. He was not ashamed to stand there in the face of the religions of the world at that time. He was not ashamed to stand there in the face of uh, the greatest army in the, in the world. He was not ashamed to stand in front of Pharaoh. He was not ashamed to stand in front of witch doctors and magicians of the day and stretch forth his rod and declare the power of Almighty God. He was not ashamed to do it because God was with him. Ooh, hallelujah. He'd stand there in the face of all of the criticism and all the doubters and he'd stretch for that rod and miracles would take place. Why? Because he was a son of God. Before the world began, God knew that Moses was going to be that deliverer. God was not ashamed of Moses. And Moses was not ashamed to step up and say the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I met him in a bush that was not consumed. And he told me that I am come down to deliver. That same God has come down to Laodicea to deliver his children. He was doing all of these mighty miracles under the blood of bulls and goats which could not take away sin. How about you and me? How about you and me that are under a perfect blood? That are under a perfect token? We've come under this token. Should we be ashamed of the miracles that take place? Should we be surprised by them? Absolutely not. It's a perfect savior. It's a perfect redeemer. It's a perfect sacrifice. I'll tell you, it don't blow my mind when I see cancers fall off. It does not blow my mind when I see young people rise up. I expect these things because God said it would be there. Woo. It don't surprise me. It just makes me fall in love with him more. It makes me realize that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I wonder, do you see Jesus every day of your life? Let me ask you another question. Can you see Jesus in you? When Moses was standing here, he was not standing with a crowd. He was not standing with the who's who. He was standing by himself, but God was with him. He said, I'm not capable of speaking. He said, well, I'll give you your brother Aaron to be, to be your spokesman. He was standing there, not with 200, not with 2 million at the time, but he was standing there by a commission of the Lord to let my people go. He was standing there and he was going down the road to Egypt to go down there and take over the greatest nations that there was at that time. Brother Branham said it goes to show you that no matter how much in a minority that you are, as long as you're led by the Holy Ghost, one is a majority. 
Brother Branham said that God shakes the majority by the minority. He said that you and God are the majority. Hallelujah. You may look like nobody else is standing with you, but you and God. If you're standing with God, you're standing as a majority. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm standing with the majority. I am the majority. Churches quick and in power will put you in your provided place. Men and women, it'll make you stand to your feet. It'll make you do things that God wants you to do. I don't care what somebody else says about it. The neighbor says, oh, that person, they've lost their mind. They pray all night and they read their Bible. I don't care what they say. It's what God called you to do. Oh, they, they say we can't have these old-fashioned Pentecostal revivals. Oh, yes, we can too. You can have it in yourself and you, and you are the majority in God and no matter what the rest of them think. They want to say we shouldn't preach no more, but me and God's a majority. They want to tell me I shouldn't testify no more, but me and God's a majority. They want to tell me that I shouldn't speak in tongues no more, but me and God's a majority. They want to tell me that I shouldn't dance, but me and God's a majority. You let the world do what they want to do, I'm going to stand with Jesus. A man who has once come in contact with God, which is the Word, and the Word has, has been made plain and manifested to him. There's no sameness about that. You're not embarrassed. It don't embarrass me to say that I believe every word of God. It doesn't embarrass me when the Lord says to say anything. You go and say it and do it. It don't embarrass me to say that I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness? It don't embarrass me to say that I've spoke with other tongues. Can I get a witness? It don't embarrass me to say that our Lord has showed me visions. It don't embarrass me to say that he's a saint yesterday, today, and forever. Can I get a witness in the house of God? It don't make me ashamed to say that God's still God, that God's still pouring out. See, once you meet God, it's a reality. And when you meet God, you're going to, when you meet God and you're standing by yourself, you're going to have to come up against opposition. Mother Branham was standing alone in this generation. His closest friend in the ministry at the time would have been F.F. Bosworth. But there was nobody that walked in the realms where William Branham walked in. There was nobody that knew what was taking place like he did. He was standing alone. When he would stand there in 1933 on the Ohio banks of the river there and he would stand there baptizing the 17th person and a voice from heaven came and said, as John the Baptist forerun the first coming of Christ, so will your message, William Branham, forerun the second coming of Christ. He was standing all alone. Come on, somebody. When he's standing there in the 1940s to come out in the greatest revival, healing revival that ever took place and come out and say, I met an angel in a cave. There was nobody else. Billy Graham and A.A. Allen and Oral Roberts and all these other ones, they could not say that they met an angel. But this William Branham stood there and said that this angel told me of my peculiar birth. He was standing alone. He 
was standing alone with 300 when 300 preachers in Chicago they were contesting him over water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and serpent seed and they, these other doctrines they were contending with him he was standing alone oh hallelujah he was standing alone when he would say there in 1962 and 1963 that seven angels met me in a cluster of a cloud and told me to go back to Jeffersonville and preach the seven seals. He was standing alone. He was standing alone in 1965 when he's standing there in California and he is preaching the choosing of a bride. And he says, oh, thou Los Angeles, you're going to sink beneath the ocean. He was standing alone when there was people thinking that there's going to be a rapture and on the other side there was people lighting up cigarettes. I know where I'd have been standing at. Come on, somebody. If you would be smoking a cigarette, you might as well walk out of here tonight because this message is not for unbelievers. This message is for the believers. If that embarrasses you, I'm sorry. But I'm not backing up on what I believe. This God birthed me. This God changed me. This God filled me. I was a boy that needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost when I married my wife. And a year later in Canada, that God met me on a street. You think I'm ashamed to tell about it? Brother Samuel, you think I'm ashamed to tell about your deliverance that God gives you a perfect liver for your vessel? I'm not ashamed to testify that God still heals. That God still works through doctors. Can I get a witness? That God still heals cancer. Can I get a witness? Hello, hello, hello. That God still saves. Can I get a witness? That God still delivers. Can I get a witness? He was standing alone. He's standing alone. And other people are questioning him over speaking squirrels into existence. Some of his closest friends are questioning these things. But Hattie Wright said, that's nothing but the truth. And the Spirit of the Lord says, give her what she asked for. And God gave her her sons. I'm not ashamed to testify about that. I've watched that same spirit slip in, slip into these meetings like tonight and you say something that's incredibly too far for your mind to figure out and God hears your prayer. And it manifests just like you ask it. Hello. He was standing alone when he spoke a storm out of existence. But the community had to recognize that something had happened. There was a storm coming up. The strangest thing, there was a storm coming up and all of a sudden it left. You don't say. You know, there's a people down in Elkton. They act awful. They act kind of funny. 
you don't say. They act like they're drunk on new wine, you don't say. They're not ashamed to testify. There's something, there's something different about them, you don't say. Church, I told you six to seven months ago that something has happened. Something has happened. Your praise is different. Your worship is different. Your hand claps are different. You drive the church different. You know good and well when you turn on the tape player, you listen differently. You pray differently. Our young people ain't the same. Our saints of old ain't the same. Full Gospel Lighthouse, I want you to put I want you to put everybody on notice around you. I'm getting ready to take a rapture. Something stirring on the inside of the bride. We're getting ready for liftoff. The countdown has begun. Tomorrow morning, you won't be sitting with 200 people. Tomorrow morning, you're going to be sitting behind a desk clicking on your computer. You may have to stand alone on your job. You may have to stand alone, but don't you ever be ashamed of what you believe in. Don't you, sister, be ashamed of wearing holiness dress. Don't you be ashamed of your hair. Don't you be ashamed of not wearing makeup. Don't you be ashamed of piercings. You ain't got piercings? Don't be ashamed about it. Don't be ashamed because you don't put makeup on like the rest of the world, dress up like a Jezebel. Don't you be ashamed. You be a lady of grace. Mamas, daddies, don't you be ashamed to send your young people to a world that seems like it's falling apart. There's a people that are not falling apart and they're standing right here. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of Full Gospel Lighthouse. I'm not ashamed of this message. I'm not ashamed of what we stand for. But let the enemy that wants to triumph over me, let him be ashamed. Let him be embarrassed. You will not take me down. you know this or not but you showed up to have church John was not ashamed of the word of God that came to him in the wilderness and told him to go baptize with water he wasn't ashamed to say behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world for the spirit of God was upon him he wasn't ashamed before the priest he wasn't ashamed of the word of God when he walked up to Herod Philip's wife was living with Herod walked right up in the face of the king this old woolly faced fella out in the wilderness there come out there with no education or nothing else and walked right up to the face of Herod and said it's not lawful for you to have her. We need men of God like that in the pulpit again. And you're looking at somebody that's willing to do the job. Walked right up in the face of Herod and said it's not lawful for you to have her. He wasn't ashamed of God's word. 
he absolutely was not ashamed of it. Stephen, he wasn't ashamed of God's word. First Pentecostal people up there on the day of Pentecost, when they gathered in the upper room, the Holy Ghost fell upon them by a promise of God in Luke 24 and 49 said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. And the very promise that God, that the Word of God promised them, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait there. Don't go get no more theology or education and so forth. You wait till you're endued with power. And when that power from heaven came like a rushing mighty wind, they was not ashamed of the gospel. Peter stood up among them and said, Repent every one of you. You men with wicked hands, you crucified the Prince of Peace, which God has raised from the dead. And we are a witness, for this is what Joe said would come to pass. In the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He was not ashamed of the gospel. That's the heritage of the saints. Joel 2 and 25 says, I and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. The canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty. Somebody say eat in plenty. And be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord, your God, that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people, and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people, are you his people tonight? And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Church, this is that. What you're experiencing, what they experienced in Louisiana, what they're experiencing all over the world, this is that which Job prophesied about. You are his people. You are called of God. You were ordained before the world began. Before Laodicea ever was into existence, you were ordained to live out this day. You were thought of before the world began. You were elected. You were chosen. You were bought. You were purchased. And Satan cannot have you. Satan cannot have our children. Satan cannot have our prodigals. They may look like prodigals right now, but when they get here and God takes care of business, they won't look like prodigals no more. God will kill the fatted calf. God will dress them in his holiness. There's three ladies that are sitting here in our congregation, maybe more of that now, but all came in about the same time that were cheerleaders, and you'd never pick them out in this crowd. Dressed like the cheerleaders of this day, but when they came to this, our pastor specifically never preached on dress code until they got it. And they got it before he ever had to preach on it. Ain't that right? 
God is the one that does the dressing. If I tell you how to dress, that ain't living. That's just me telling you. But when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the inside, He'll make you dress right. He'll make you walk right. He'll make you talk right. He'll make you live right. Hello. Satan cannot have you. And I'm willing to fight for every single one of you. Some of you that like sleeping through church, I'm willing to fight for you too. And if you mamas and your daddies don't get to waking up your sons and your daughters, I'm going to tell you something right now. They're going to be sleeping through the rapture. Hello? Are you with me tonight? You still going to amen me right here? Now I know there's some pistol packing mamas in this church tonight that ain't afraid that when somebody comes up in here that would try to take over your children or try to come in your house and try to hurt your family, you know what you do. You know what you do. But you ought to be ashamed of yourselves for letting you mamas and daddies are letting somebody walk up in your house and kill your sons and daughters by watching these video games. You just did the same thing. They're watching murder after murder after murder on a video game. But don't you dare mess with them in the flesh. A mama's coming out. There ought to be some mamas that's not ashamed to testify. I'm not going to let that trash come in my house no more. Stay up all night playing a basketball game. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. If you're going to stay up all night, stay up praying. Stay up reading this message, reading this Bible. Something that's got rapturing power in it. Hallelujah. You're going to do something. Do something useful for your soul. still love me good it's God I'm talking to you about tonight he thought so much of you brother Samuel he thought so much of you sister Faith that he came from heaven to earth and he took on the robe of humanity now notice what Paul says about your kinsmen tonight in Hebrews 2 and 7 Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownedest him with glory and honor and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. Somebody say nothing. But now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. That God thought of you, for it became him 
for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing in many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. I want you to know the God that is fighting for you, the captain of the Lord's host that's fighting for you has never lost a battle. He's never lost a case. Cancer's never defeated him. Sadness has never defeated him. Depression has never defeated him. None of your problems have ever stopped my God. None of them. Verse 11, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Notice God's attitude towards you. He acknowledges himself as being a part of the same family as you. It may have been unexpected that God would give the name brethren to us that were degraded, us that had a wrecked up life, us that were humble, us that were broken. He gave us the title of brethren with him to those that he came to redeem. He was willing to be ranked with them and be regarded in your family. I've been looking at that scripture for four weeks now. I still can't get over it. You mean you really do that, Brother Andrew? You just look at one scripture or something? I will do it. I'll look over one scripture until he unfolds himself to me. It ain't about reading 15 chapters a day. Charles Spurgeon said some men like to read Bible, like to read chapters as long as their arm, but they don't understand one thing about it. I'd rather read one scripture and it do my whole month good than to read 15 chapters a day and I don't get nothing out of it. I've been looking over this scripture and it's overwhelming to me that he would look at all of my mistakes. He's seen me in all of my troubles. He's seen me in my sickness. He's seen when I sinned. He's seen when I was in fault. He's seen when I lied. He's seen when I cheated. He's seen when I stole. He's seen me in my despair. But he said, I am not ashamed to call you brethren. Some of you it looks like you can't get out of the pit, but I want you to know that God is not ashamed to call you brethren. That thought's overwhelming. It's overwhelming that he seen me when I was that close to death. With maybe just a little bit more, I wouldn't even be here. Church, it ain't nothing but the grace of God that you're standing here. It ain't nothing but the mercies of God that you're still living. I know some of your histories. I know what you've been through. I know some of the deepest, darkest things that you don't want told. But even in all of your misery, he said, I am not ashamed to be called 
that breath. Now it's one thing for me to say that I am not ashamed of him. But when he says that I'm not ashamed of you. I want you to know I could dance all the way. I'd rather dance tonight than preach. I could dance all the way from Elkton to Grottos tonight of that thought right there. That he is not ashamed of me. Me being filled with the Holy Ghost and still wake up on Monday and still have thoughts that would make me worthy of death. But he would say that I am not ashamed to call them brethren. What is it? There's a perfect blood on the altar tonight. He's included every trouble. He's included every mistake in that where he says, I am not ashamed to call them bread. And when Satan comes up against you, Jesus says, check the bloodline. Check out the DNA. I know you can spit in a tube and send it off to Kalamazoo and they'll tell you where you came from. They tell you where your ancestry's at. You lived in this part of the world. I know where I came from. I ain't got to spit in no tube and spend $100 to know where I came from. I came from God and I'm going back to God. I didn't come from the Blue Ridge Mountains. I came from glory. I come from a place where there's going to be shouting on the hills. You want to check out my DNA? Just go over in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. That's my DNA right there. Go look at David. Go look at Daniel. Go look, go look at, go look at Shamgar. That's my family history. There's all kinds of things in my family history that I'm ashamed about. But there's nothing in my second birth that I'm ashamed about. Can I get a witness? One time there was a boy that had got himself in trouble. He was a good boy, but he went to court and the judge said, I find you guilty and I must punish you to life in prison. He said, I want to try my own case. Does that sound like some of you? Had a whole, a whole lot of things stacked up against you. He said, I want to try my own case. He said, I want to go upon my own record. He said, you have no record. Your record's what's condemning you. That's the way it is today. The reason the church is not advanced like it should, it's the record. It's the life. We must become more dedicated. Somebody say more dedicated. We must believe every word of God. We must seek until that word is made real to us. The record is what keeps us from entering in. But one time in this same court, there was a boy that had no money. And he could not pay it off. The fine, this, that, that was way in the thousands of dollars. But he had a big brother that came and paid it off for him. Now we've got a big brother, Jesus, the Son of God. He came to pay it off for us. And if we'll just believe it and be able to enter into the veil with him. Your record's what's condemning you. But the Bible tells me over in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Your record is dismissed. Church, I want to say it to you. Your future is clear. Your future is greater than your past. Your big brother Jesus is in the house. 
Hebrews 11 and 16 says, Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Somebody say that. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. He's talking about you. Look at your neighbor and say, He's talking about me. Now notice this. If Jesus defeated Satan upon faith, knowing who he was, that he was a predestinated creature, are you ready? What about the predestinated bride of Jesus Christ? You believe the bride is predestinated? The predestinated bride of Christ now, the church, the word seed, which with everything that God promised to put in the church, in it right now. It's in it right now. Everything that he promised the church is in it right now. Everything is ordered. The, the Holy Spirit has been given. The seed has been sowed. The evening lights are shining. The sign of Sodom that Jesus promises here. Malachi 4, a predestinated church. Oh, devil. Church of the living God, here and on tape, do you know where you stand? Do you know that you were called of God, that the Holy Ghost reigns in your heart, and every word of God is real to you? How is Satan going to stand against that? Tell me how Satan is going to stand against that predestinated church. How is he going to stop that from growing? How is he going to keep them signs from following it? Why, you could throw them in jail. They, if you could, I don't care what you do, they done tried it. They rotted. They, they rotted in the jails. They was fed to the lions. They were sold asunder. They were jerked to pieces. You can't kill it right. A church that's predestinated. Those who for he foreknew, like he did Jesus, he has called. And those who he's called, he's justified. And those who he's justified, he hath already glorified. You're a predestinated people. Turn with me to Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 14. Throw my hour limit out the window. I'm going to preach to Brother Denny. Zephaniah 3 and 14. Brother Denny, you ready for this? I thought you were. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout. Oh, Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart. Oh, daughter of Jerusalem. I don't know if your Bible says it like my Bible, but this says that this is Israel's joy and restoration. Sing, oh, daughter of Zion, and shout. Lift up your voice and shout. Be glad and rejoice with all that heart. Oh, daughter of Jerusalem, is he calling your name? The Lord hath taken away thy judgment. He hath cast out thine enemy, the king of Israel. Even the Lord is in the midst of thee. Brother Denny, he's in the midst of you tonight. He's in the midst of thee, church. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not. And design, let 
not my hands be slack. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee. This is a God that's never ashamed of you. This is God that's big enough. This is a God that's worth testifying about. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Your situation that you're trying to figure out. The Lord thy God that's in the midst of thee, brother John, is mighty. He will save. Now, everything else is free. Don't hold nothing else against me. Don't hold it against me how I act from now on. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Somebody say, my God is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice. This God that is never ashamed of you, this God that created the universe, this God that is big enough, this God that spoke worlds into existence, this God is saying that he will rejoice over thee. Over you, Brother Denny. Over your sons coming back. Over. I will rejoice over thee. Ah. Papa God am rejoicing over you. When you're praising me, I'm rejoicing over you. When you're going through the trials, I'm, oh, I'm rejoicing over you. When you're battling cancer, I'm rejoicing over you. When you're battling say, when you're battling suicide, I'm rejoicing over you. When it looks like all hope is gone, I'm rejoicing over thee. He will rest in his love. When the odds are stacked up against you and it looks like you can't get over it. It looks like it's a wall that you can't penetrate. It looks like a wall that you can't break through. God is resting in his love. He said to you that joy is returning. And you opened the door. Some of you were afraid to exercise it. I know some of you did it and didn't see me in the video and that's okay. But I know some of you that was ashamed to do it. Because you like holding on to your fear. And you like hanging on to your hypochondriac spirit that you got. You love living with your devil so you didn't open up your door and let joy in. But I want you to know you can still open that door. Some of you are always fearing I'm going to get sick with this or I'm going to get sick with that. Some of you like to get sick. That's because you're in in a place where you're worshiping devils. If you want to get sick and you want to get sick and lay up in a hospital, that proves to me that you got a perverted spirit. But I want to preach to you tonight a God that is big enough to take that devil off of you. 
didn't put you here to be sick. He put you here to be healthy. That's a devil whispering in your ear that says you got this or you say you got that. Stop listening to the lies of the devil. Stop giving in to his tactics. You might have been ashamed to open the door, but open the door anyhow and let joy rush on in and start singing he fills my life with laughter. He will joy over thee with singing. To me, I can't, I can't hardly fathom that. That there is a supernatural, more than ordinary worship that's going on in heaven when God himself is singing over you, Brother Denny. Ooh, I wonder what God is singing. I know they're going to make it. I know that they can stand. I predestinated them before the world began. Oh, I can hear God singing out tonight. You are my joy and I am rejoicing over you. The Bible said that there is rejoicing in the presence of angels over one that repenteth. You just wait. You think you've seen something. You just wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. Enlarge your tents. You just wait. Drive down the stake. You just wait. You think we do shouting here. I can't wait to see what's going on in heaven. When there's joy unspeakable and full of glory coming from the throne. Ah, verse 18. I don't know when I've ever enjoyed preaching more. I got Satan staring me in the face and I got God looking him right back in the eye and saying, back up. It's a pleasure for me tonight to stand in this position and watch the fight go on. It's a real joy for me to watch it go on tonight. For this is what God says, that I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are of thee to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Behold, at that time I will undo. God is saying I will deal with this devil. I will handle this thing. I'm big enough. I'm strong enough. I'm mighty enough. I'm God enough. I will undo all that afflicts thee. I will save her that halteth and gather her that was driven out. God's doing it. And I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. The devil tried to make a mockery of your life, but God's getting your fame and praise in that land. You may have been looked down upon in the community, but God's got your praise. God's got your fame. God's got this, Sister Wanda. If joy's coming in, the Holy Ghost is coming in. 
Open up your gates and let the King of Glory come on in. Oh, I'm not ashamed of it. The devil don't like me preaching, but I'm not ashamed of it. The devil don't like me singing. The devil don't like me shouting. The devil don't like me talking about a pillar of fire around here. But the devil, the devil don't like it. But I know a people that do. If you like it, I'm going to preach it to you some more. God says, I will gather them. I will bring them in. I'm not ashamed to be called their brethren. Mamas and daddies, pro proclaim the token of your household. May this be the night. May this be the night. At that time, will I bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, for I will make you a name and a praise among all the people of the earth. When the world is promoting himself, God's promoting you. When I turn back your captivity, when I turn back the chains that once held you bound, before your eyes, saith Lord, I will get you praise. I will. I wonder tonight if God is ashamed of this scripture. How could God be ashamed of his own word? He's never had a new thought. He's never had a new word. He's not ashamed of what he said about you. And he ain't planning on changing his mind. Through all of your sin, through all of your mistakes, through all of your despair, when you were in your valley, he was not ashamed. You got, you got a few more minutes for me tonight. I might as well go ahead and exhaust this thought while I'm on it. There's a mighty God amongst us that deserves to be praised. There's a mighty God that is amongst us that deserve to be worshipped. And the Bible tells me in Romans 10, 10, that for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith that whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Are you a witness to that scripture tonight? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. God don't want a coward. God don't want somebody that's ashamed to testify, that's afraid to go down to the altar. God don't want somebody that's ashamed to say that by his stripes I was healed. He don't want somebody that's ashamed to say that God still feels. God don't want somebody that's ashamed to say that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you're that type of person that's ashamed to testify, God can't use you. 
What God wants to do is take that wishbone out of you and give you a backbone so like a saw log that you'll be able to testify to your boss on Monday morning. David said in Psalms 119 and 46, I will speak of thy testimonies before kings and I will not be ashamed. Before David was ever in a place of position, he was testifying to Saul that his God was able enough. That his God was big enough. The God that delivered me from the hand of the bear and the lion is more than able to deliver me from this giant. He was not ashamed to testify for the king of Achis and, and the prince of Philistines. He was not ashamed to testify. Matter of fact, when kings came into David's courts, when David was the king over Israel, David, before every start, before he ever started talking about the estate's affair or the affair, the affairs of the state, he began testifying of the testimonies of God. Before we wake up and read about the politics of the day, we ought to testify of somebody. We ought to testify that there's a God that is amongst us. That he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. David wasn't ashamed to testify about it. The three Hebrew children weren't afraid to testify about it. Paul wasn't ashamed to testify about it before Nero and before Felix and Fetus. He was not ashamed to testify that there was a God that was in him. A God that was delivering him. A God that had saved him. A God that had filled him. Paul thought that he was worth testifying about even through all the afflictions that he had to endure. He was not ashamed you remember when Brother Bannon went up there to Mishawaka and he come back and he told his wife, Hope, he says, Honey, I have found a people that is not ashamed of their religion. They're not afraid to testify. They're not afraid to shout. They're not afraid to speak in tongues. They're not afraid to testify. They're not afraid of it. There's a people up there that's not ashamed of their religion. That kind of people's in the building tonight. If you're ashamed to testify before you ever see the promise come to pass, God can't use you. But Mary, she was not ashamed to say that she had met an angel and that she was going to bring forth a child. I want you to know that we have met an angel in this day and we are bringing forth the Son of Man in this hour. And he's still speaking and I'm not ashamed to testify of the Son of Man. David said in Psalms 145, I will extol thee, my God. O king, I will bless thy name forever and ever. He was not ashamed to praise God. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Some of you sit there like a bump on a log. Some of you sit there and cannot say amen. Some of you sit there and say, well, just entertain me. Try to make me smile. I didn't come here to entertain you anyhow. If Brother Ron Spencer and Brother Andrew Spencer and Brother Homer Fraser can't make you smile, I'm afraid that nobody can make you smile. What you really need is to get good and filled up with the Holy Ghost and then you might start cracking a smile. But until then, I'm afraid that you're just going to sit there like a bump on a pickle. 
He ain't talking about me. I praise God. I left my finger. I give a call, I golf clap every once in a while. I'm not ashamed to testify about it. Don't tell me. If you, if you were excited about God, you'd be like Brother Titus over here. You'd be like Brother Denny back here. If God had really done something for you, he doesn't give you everything there is in the world. The only reason you're still sitting there like that is because of your pride. Because you enjoy sitting in that condition. I tell you, I hated my sin. I hated the way I was living. And ever since God changed me, I ain't stopped dancing and I ain't stopped shouting and I ain't stopped singing and I ain't stopped preaching and I have no intentions on stopping any day soon. I had somebody tell me that I seen you used to dance a whole lot more before you gave your heart to the Lord. You know what I did before them? I just got up and did myself a good dance in front of my critics. My critics are gone, but I'm still dancing. I got something to dance about. I got something to shout about. I got something to say amen about. When you don't went past your time, your 45 minutes is up. I'm giving you another 45 minutes, so go ahead. Hold up, hold up. I just scared some of you to death. It's okay. You're going to be okay. Oh, Lord. Tell me he's not going to preach another 45 minutes. I got to get to see Rose. You know when you get to McDonald's, they're going to mess up your order anyhow. But there's a server in this place tonight. They ain't never got anything wrong on the menu. He ain't never put too much mayonnaise on your sandwich. You may have to cut off live streaming. They may kick me out the message over this one. Use it die just now. I'm not going to preach another 45 minutes. Oh, hallelujah. I just seen Ezekiel's dry bones come to life. And the world think they have fun. myself into you ain't got to be scared to death I'm about done 
And you can still go to McDonald's, and they still going to get your order wrong. I heard it said, I'm here. I heard it said that McDonald's needs three lines. First line for you to order, second line so they can give you what they want, and the third line so you can give it back to them. I'd say tonight that if you're really filled up with the Holy Ghost, you ain't going to want to come back here and give anything back to me tonight. You're going to walk out of here and your cup's going to be overflowing. And you're going to take it with you this week. And you're going to bring some of it back with you next week. And the next week. And it's just going to keep building up until we take a rapture. I say, oh God, pour it out. I'm going to read this to you. And I'm going to do my best to quit. Musicians come. Brother Titus come. Rebecca come. India come. Reagan come. Charles Spurgeon says, can I be silent? Doth not all nature around me praise God? If I were silent, I should be an exception to the universe. Doth not the thunder praise him as it rolls like drums in the march of God, of the God of armies? Do not the mountains praise him when the woods upon their summits wave in adoration? Doth not the lightning write his name in letters of fire? Hath not the whole earth a voice? And shall I, can I be silent be? When the world tries to tell me to be quiet and go sit down in my pew. We sing it like Brother Titus getting ready to sing it. If you felt like I felt, you'd be shouting too. If these kids, if these kids that ain't even out of fifth grade yet can praise God like they do and can sing like they do, what about you, old daughter of Zion? There ought to be a shout in your lips. There ought to be a praise in your mouth. If these young people ain't ashamed to praise God, how about you saints of old? Don't be ashamed to let it out. Hallelujah. Brother Titus, lead them, brother. Put the song and the lyrics up. We'll sing it with him tonight. It's just like fire Shut up in my bones Holy Ghost fire Shut up in my bones It's just like fire Shut up in my bones Holy Ghost fire Shut up in my bones Jerusalem 
got something to praise in my mouth for Gospel Lighthouse. Now the devil whispered in your ear and told you that it was only for you and that your daughter wouldn't get it. But the devil is a lie. He told you that your children wouldn't get it. But the devil's a lie. He told you it was just for you. But the devil is a lie. He said you wouldn't be here. But the devil is a lie. I'm still standing. I'm not ashamed to stand for this gospel. I'm not ashamed to testify. I'm not ashamed to preach this gospel that'll set a young people on fire. Let the world do what they want to if they're another Jesus, but I know what my Jesus does. My Jesus transforms lives. My Jesus gives you something to dance about. My Jesus gives you something to sing about. I don't know how many doors you got on your house, but I say, lift up your windows. Lift up your doors. Open your doors. Open your windows. Open the attic. And let Jesus come on in.
you still serve him. Even when you don't feel no emotion, still praise him. Even when you don't feel the brush of angels' wings, still love him. He's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of you. I have found a God that's worth telling the whole world about. Sister Heather, every time you get a hair, give a haircut. The world, it may not be the biggest world, but it's your world. And every person that sits down in your chair has to be a witness that God lives. Your world may not be very big, but never be ashamed to testify to your world that there's a God that still cares and there's a God that still feels and a God that still loves. I have to say, I have enjoyed this weekend. Sing it in the key of C. Let's sing.